0: Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, have you ever noticed that every year on the calendar, Easter and Passover happen about the same time? Yeah,
1: often within a week of each other. Is
0: there something to that?
1: Well, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't ever make that connection.
0: Ah, but there is a connection, isn't there? And it starts in our understanding by looking at Passover itself, and today we're going to do that on On More Than Ink.
1: Well, good morning and welcome. This is More Than Ink, and I'm Dorothy. And I'm Jim. And we're sitting here at our dining room table, and we Always. have been talking about the plagues on Egypt, wow, leading yeah. all leading up to this very one, the final plague final today, number in chapter 10. 11 of yep. Exodus, yep. that final plague of the Passover, God's right. Passover. Which
0: is a very it's a very special event. It's not just another plague in a list of plagues. Right. This even is even the though, culmination. Even though this is the culmination of the last one, God says, this one's so important i want you to remember this forever wow so let's find out exactly what he's talking about and why that's so yeah, important And
1: there is more text devoted to this plague than to any of the others
0: yeah and this is something that is still remembered by jews every right, year to right. this very day
1: actually many christians celebrate passover yeah, as well yeah.
0: so let's find out why you think it's just another one of the plagues not really it's more than that
1: okay so remember that we left moses and pharaoh parting very unhappily oh yeah moses pharaoh said you're never gonna see my face again moses said that's right i will never see your face again and there was three days of darkness in the land so it's possible that this next little bit of event takes place while that darkness is still unfolded. could be it's doesn't yeah. there's it's not explicitly clear in the text but it's possible that it's still dark yeah possible so here we
0: are at the beginning of chapter 11 why don't i read? jump in okay yeah okay in verse 1 chapter 11 so the lord said to moses yet one plague more i will bring upon pharaoh and upon egypt and afterward afterward he <laughs> will let you go from here and when he lets you go he'll drive you away hmm. completely so speak now in the hearing of the people that they, uh, that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor for silver and gold jewelry. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. So he says right here. This is this is something now that the people of Israel have to do, right? In concert right. with this last plague. ask for riches, ask, ask, ask for, for riches. Yeah.
1: Why would the Egyptians want to give it to them? That was my first. <laughs> well, question. Well, because
0: the servants of Pharaoh are saying, "I want you right, out of town." Right. So if it's here, take some take gold this, and if it'll help get you out go. of town. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's so they're ready to let him go. Right. They're willingly but going to do. But if this.
1: you remember that God had promised Abraham that when he brought his people out of Egypt, they would come out rich.
0: That's right. And so here it this is. is
1: a direct fulfillment yeah. of God's. Promised to Abraham, and
0: it's an interesting thing for the uh, for the slaves of Egypt, which is Israel, that they would have the chutzpah <laughs> to actually go talk to their masters and say, "Give me, right. give me cash." Right. Yeah, and God says, "Yeah, do that; it'll work." Or
1: what? What do you give me if we go? Yeah, right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, and on top of that, Moses has a great reputation. I mean, he's he's right. a, he's a great man. So people say, you know. Moses is not some schlub. This guy is something.
1: Right. By this time, he's not the the shrinking violet anymore. It says he's great in the sight of the Pharaoh's servants and the sight of the people. Everybody knows Moses is a man to be listened to. So that's
0: persuasive to the people who who live, who are neighbors. Um, So, yeah, that's going to happen. You'll see here. So let's go to four. Okay. So Moses said um uh, Moses said thus says the says the Lord about midnight I'll go out in the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt hmm. shall die wow from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the cattle and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt such as there has never been nor ever will be again but Not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. And then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Uh, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt.
1: Okay, wait a minute. So I thought they had already parted company. But here yeah. it says, after that, I will go out, and that's the Lord speaking. Mm-hmm. And then the next sentence, and he went out from Pharaoh in right. hot anger. Right,
0: right. Right.
1: Well, who went out? Did who the Lord out? go out or did yeah. Moses go out? I, you know, there's know. a little ambiguity in that. There
0: is. And uh, I don't know if anyone really has a good answer for nope.
1: this. There's, that's just one of those questions but, that hangs in the air for me.
0: Yeah. But, you know, really what Moses is doing here in this warning again, he's reiterating what he said before any of the plagues happened. Right. Remember that way back in chapter four? He says all the first, but Israel is my first Right. Israel's And mine. you need to let them go. And if you don't, then I'll take your firstborn." Right. So he said that way long time ago and so he's just reiterating it here saying well here we go it's so this
1: is the end this is right? the end. things yeah. have things have arrived at a pass where your hardened heart will not listen you refuse to listen to me or humble yourself and you drive out God's truth
0: yep exactly well so hold your breath here we go <laughs> so Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the people of Israel go out of his land. I mean, that's the current state of affairs right. before this last plague. And by the way, I've been keeping score as well about who hardened whose heart. And uh, at this point, I see God hardening Pharaoh's heart four times and Pharaoh hardening his own heart six times. And they are all often in concert. So, right. so right. when people ask who did the hardening, well, they're both involved, God and Pharaoh.
1: Well, yeah, but it seems in the order that they appear, it seems like God hardens Pharaoh's heart in response to Pharaoh hardening yeah. his own heart. Exactly. God says, you want that? I'll give you that.
0: Yep, yep. So as Pharaoh hardens his heart, God is not going to overrule him. He's going to let him harden yeah. his own heart. Ooh, and That's, that's- sobering. That's how yeah, that in fact in Romans one, Paul says that's how God's wrath right. comes upon you. He just lets you go. That's yes, you have what you're yep. what you're seeking. Yep, and so they wanted to do this. Well that that finishes chapter eleven, which is sort of the warning about what's gonna happen. And now we turn the page into chapter twelve and we actually talk about commemorating this last plague. Yeah, so this is
1: interesting because at this point it kind of stops being a narrative and starts being instructive. Yes. So yes. for the next little while now it's gonna be Moses instructing the people. So Pharaoh's not even in the picture here at this point. So starting into chapter 12, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. Hmm. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take, according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, Mm -hmm. you shall make your count for the lamb. So we've gone from a lamb to a specific lamb. Ah, verse Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight.
0: You mean this little lamb that they've been living with for four days?
1: Oh, did you hear the sequence there? Take a lamb, any lamb, just enough for your household. Then it's the lamb, the specific lamb, and then Mm -hmm. it suddenly becomes your lamb. Your lamb. You take it. You keep it and then you kill it.
0: Yeah. And I think that you're that possessive version yes. of it is you're living with this beautiful, right. cute little creature for four days.
1: Knowing you're going to kill it.
0: Knowing you're going to kill it. Yeah. So when they, when they do kill this animal, it's not just a piece of livestock, it's right. almost a piece of the family. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's and there, there's some uh, theology in that as well. Yeah. This is
1: the dedicated lamb, the
0: sacrifice lamb in which. We find life through his death, but it's not that we're emotionally separated from him. We actually love him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Verse 7. So
1: pressing on verse 7, after you've killed the lamb at twilight, so at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, before the the darkness comes... (laughs) Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened and your sandals on your feet Mm. and your staff in your hand, and Mm. you shall eat it in haste. Is the lord's passover okay now we get a little statement of the meaning we've had all this instruction about the Mm -hmm. blood and eating and being ready to go the lord's passover title
0: yeah verse 12
1: for i will pass through the land of egypt that night and i will strike all the firstborn in the land of egypt both man and beast and on all the gods of egypt i will execute judgments i am the lord The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt.
0: Wow. Oh, we got to stop. Wow. No kidding. No kidding. So, so here they're filled in on exactly what's going to take place. Mm-hmm. This is not talking to Pharaoh. This is talking to the people of Israel.
1: So this Egyptian Passover is a little different from mm-hmm. Passovers that will follow it, which all look back to this one.
0: Look back to this. Yeah. And uh, and the lamb plays a key role. The blood of the lamb the plays a key role, marking the door. And uh, when you mark a door like that, you're basically saying it's... It, it, regulates who comes in and who goes out. That's why why they're marking the door. But there is an interesting cross symbolism in how oh, they mark yeah. the door. Because you you take some hyssop like a big paintbrush and you smack it left, smack it right, and then smack the lentil over the top. And then it drips down from the lentil on the ground to make a little pool on the ground. And it looks sort of like a cross. Yeah. And it's a sign for the people of Israel because... you know, they'll look at that blood and say, That blood is what is it's providing two things for us. It's keeping the wrath of God out of here, and it's also preserving us as a people. Right. Through that blood. So the blood is instrumental as a sign. The blood is is key to how this is working. God will not see your righteousness, you know, as you cower in your house. He'll see the blood. The blood and pass over.
1: He says, I will pass over you because I'm coming through the entire land. If they had not put the blood on their doorways right they also would have lost their firstborn God says you must have this blood of this substitutionary lamb
0: that dies to for your benefit. That dies and yeah. whose blood Who protects
1: you on yeah. the doorway, right? You go in through a doorway right. into your house to protection, and you go out through a doorway wherever you're going. Right. So we're going to circle right. back to that idea when we get to the end.
0: Well, right, and it's you know, there's, there's a lot of symbolism you can talk about in this, but you know, think about the fact that the family went in there and marked their doorposts and said, oh, let's go outside and watch people die. Well, that wouldn't oh. work. So you have to stay on that side stay of the, inside blood. the blood. You have to completely yeah. recognize that the blood is what's marking you away from that wrath. You have to stay behind so, I mean there's so there's so much here and it, it it prefigures who Christ is as our Passover Lamb. We got we can talk tons about that. So
1: but we have this these three elements that are important. The, the blood, what to do with the blood, mm-hmm. and then to eat the lamb, right? So it's not just a symbolic lamb. This, you know, mm-hmm. you are what you eat. What you eat becomes you. Well, that idea of eating the flesh of the lamb becomes very important in the New Testament when yeah. Jesus says this Passover is is in my blood right Eat my flesh so uh, eating this lamb is an important symbol and then being ready to go
0: and being ready to go yeah and that's that's pretty interesting because because he's saying you can eat this meal you can eat this lamb but then from that point on you could be leaving at any moment right things are going to be different so put on your walking shoes grid yourself up get ready to walk out and on top of that you can't even wait for any of your bread to rise yeah yeah And that comes up next. Oh,
1: my goodness. So, I, I, you know, I just get stuck on this statement when God says, I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you.
0: Yes. Yep. Thank God. There is a day of judgment coming for mankind, a judgment of sin. And for that judgment to pass over you, the blood of Christ has to be between you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and it has nothing to do with you being obedient in any sense and earning God's respect from being obedient, but it has everything to do with you respecting and taking faith in that blood of Christ on your behalf. And if it weren't for the blood of Christ, we would all be toast when the judgment comes.
1: Yeah, And it's interesting that Moses, in writing down the book of Exodus, at this point he inserts the memorial instructions for how yeah. to celebrate the Passover in perpetuity, yeah. but he's laying down this picture to remember. That's what memorial is. It's Just a picture that helps this, you remember, yeah. right? And if you remember in the New Testament when John the Baptist sees Jesus passing, he says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of John the world." Wild, right? Yeah, and then uh Paul picks that up in First Corinthians five seven when he's talking about Christ. Our passover, our passover has been slain yeah. so he makes this paul draws this direct straight line straight from line. this passover lamb yeah. to the death of jesus and yeah. jesus himself of course does that at the last supper yeah. but i love that phrase where paul says christ our passover christ, our passover. has been slain yeah
0: yeah
1: so we better read on to the memorial instructions well, i'll read from
0: i'll read from 14 so this day shall be for you a memorial day you know, Mm -hmm. Memorial Day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, as a statute forever, and you shall keep it as a feast. Interesting that a plague would be memorialized for mm. so long because this is this is freeing the people. Well,
1: it's a plague on the Egyptians, but it is the source of deliverance source for the Source of Jews.
0: deliverance for the Jews, yeah. So here's how it's going to go down. Verse 15, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, you know, no yeast, and on the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses, for if anyone eats what's leavened, what has yeast, from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. And on the first day, you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day, a holy assembly, and no work shall be done on those days. Kind of like the Sabbath. So this is a whole week-long festival. whole week long, yeah. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. So you can eat something. Uh, 17, and you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day, I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. And how, verse 18, in the first month, From the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. So for seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats what's leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether whether he's a sojourner or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread.
1: Okay, so this is clearly the unleavened is very important, and I don't think we want to take the time to unpack it right now. No. But you, listeners, should take your concordance and look up leaven look up unleavened you'll find both old testament and new testament references and yeah. start reading about uh, and the symbolism will become clear to you what does this leaven represent
0: it has multi points of symbolism mm-hmm. and which you know which uh just in the practical sense they knew that if you took a pinch of your old loaf which has some right. yeast in it and you mix it in with the new flour, it'll grow again it and it'll puffs bubble it up. up and puffs it mm-hmm. up so it's all—it's always a—it's a sign of sin in many respects. It's something that kind of seeds itself very easily and spreads and grows. There's just so much symbolism here. Oh, so much. So much symbolism.
1: Well, we don't want to take the time for that because no. we want to linger in the Passover. Yeah. Linger in the Lamb, because at verse 21 we're going to go back into the narrative. Now we're suddenly back in Egypt. Uh, and then moses called all the elders of israel and said to them go and select lambs for yourself Let's according to your clans and kill the passover lamb take a bunch of hyssop so we're getting the repeated instructions yeah take a bunch of hyssop dip it in the blood that's in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that's mm-hmm. in the basin none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning mm. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you bowed their heads and worshiped, and worshiped right because they recognize this is the means through which god will deliver them yep. he's doing exactly what he said deliverance he do. is
0: happening right now yeah right now wow it's the sacrifice of the lord's passover right you notice he's putting the price in there in the center of the passover See, i think
1: that's the phrase that paul is picking up on in first corinthians when he mm-hmm. says christ our passover, our passover has been sacrificed yeah
0: exactly Yeah, Christ, our Passover. So he reiterates here what they have to do how they have to mark their doorposts, what's this going to be out? And by, by the way, don't forget what you're doing, because you're going to be doing this every year forever Right, <laughs> as a commemoration. You're going to do this. And I like 26, when your children say to you, well, what does right. this mean? Well, to this very that's day. That's still part of the it's Passover still part, yeah, Seder. Yeah, the, the Jews do a Passover Seder. They get together for dinner. And part of the Seder, which is which is what's said, it's like a service, right. service that's done in it's a the home, order. yeah, around the dinner table, and, uh, and it always starts out with, I think it's the youngest son. Yes, yeah, it should be the youngest kid in the room. But the youngest says, you know, basically, what's this night all about? Right.
1: Why are we doing this? And that's exactly
0: <laughs> what this is right here in verse 27 or verse 26. What well, is this night about? And that's
1: going to become important in the history of Israel. We're going to get instructions about that if we were to press on and read Deuteronomy. Oh,
0: yeah. Over and over, right, and, over right, and, right. and over
1: again, Moses says in Deuteronomy, now tell your children, tell your children's children. When they ask you, here's what you tell them.
0: Right. Right. This God is, delivered us. This is this is so much at the core of what Judaism is all about. Is it's is the is the, the entire story of deliverance.
1: This is the identifying event.
0: Yeah. Right? From this here on it. in the
1: scriptures, how countless times God will say to them i'm the lord who brought you out, yeah, you out of egypt remember yeah i'm the one that that rescued you and gave you your identity yeah
0: in fact every time he challenges them with you know follow right. me let's do this and they balk right he says hey 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 hey, hey, i'm the god that got right. you out of egypt you go and they're supposed to go oh yeah that's right i right. forgot that's why you have to memorialize this because you'll forget <laughs> but we sure don't want you who
1: are listening to this to miss this picture where moses says none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning once you've marked that door with the blood go in and stay there stay yeah, go behind in the blood. through that blood soaked doorway yep. to protection from the judgment that will fall on everyone yep. the only protection is through that blood marked doorway yeah and then the next morning you're gonna go out through the same blood marked doorway to freedom and a whole new life
0: so that blood provides protection from the wrath of God and it's the doorway into right. deliverance into new life it is the boundary condition and it, and it's so new he says I want you to even restart your calendars right so your calendars start from this. this is the first thing you celebrate this is the beginning of your life this is the first month of your year this is the beginning so the first month, even to this day of the Jewish calendar, is when Passover takes place. To this very day, the first month of the Jewish calendar is the month of Passover.
1: Now, when this show is airing, Passover is still a, a couple of weeks ahead. Right. Still, still to
0: come. Yeah.
1: But perhaps you'll be thinking about that As as the Easter season and the Passover season, because they're connected together. They're connected,
0: yeah. And what a coincidence! No, funny thing about that. that Easter is so close to Passover that the crucifixion was actually at At Passover. Passover. Not a small connection God's making right there. Yeah, so so He's tying this together. Tightly, I don't know how you could miss this. Actually, this is the Passover lamb, and I like the fact too that we talk about in from the New Testament perspective being born again. It's like we we go back Mm -hmm. in the calendars of our life and we say life was something before that, but then I was born again and I gave my life to Jesus. And it's like I started over. It's like started for me, my calendar new. started over. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's saying with Israel here. When, you, when you're when you delivered through the blood of the Lamb, it's like everything starts anew, starts fresh. It starts over again. And now you go from being enslaved in the kingdom of darkness to coming into my kingdom kingdom and now you'll be my people and i'll be your god and the calendar starts today
1: and you know yeah. paul says in second corinthians five seventeen, if anyone is in christ he's a new creature yeah the old things have passed away we hold new things have come right we moving through that blood marked doorway that mm-hmm. represents the death of jesus yeah. when we come into the life of jesus we Become wholly
0: new. It's new. It's, it it's doesn't new. mean we
1: don't continue to experience the consequences of what our previous life was, but all of those things are rendered uh, not powerful, no power right. over us anymore.
0: It's like being born a second being time,
1: born again. That's what Jesus said. You got to <laughs> yeah. be born again. You got to
0: be born. You got to start over. You got to start over. And this is this is Israel starting over, coming out of four centuries of enslavement. And they're starting over, and God says, "You know the promise that God made to Abraham about taking them to a land where God will be their king, da da da, all right. that kind of stuff. Now it's actually going to happen. I'm taking you out of here, and we're going there. So
1: indeed, this is the beginning of them becoming a nation. Yeah. Up to this point, they yeah. were just an extended family, right? right? They were right. the twelve tribes of Israel, the sons of Jacob. But when they come out into the wilderness, and God literally recreates them as his people
0: yeah they become
1: a nation and boy we're gonna have fun with that as exodus unfolds because this is all still the opening stories of of the exodus of the coming out
0: yeah and i'm i frequently tell people when we talk about being saved that there's actually two parts to that story you're saved from something and you're saved to something and in this particular case, we see in close detail them being saved from this enslavement to Egypt. But they're being saved to a new life with God right. in a place he promised. To becoming God's people. Yeah, and that's exactly the same as what salvation is in the New Testament, becoming God's people. So if a lot of people just get stuck on, well, I'm being saved from you know, being thrown in hell. Well, you know, that's not really it. Are you saved to relationship with God and the right. community and the life that he promises to you? Is that, does that figure at all in your thinking when we talk about salvation? Because that's really the core of it. That's the core. Be taken from one kingdom into a new kingdom with a God who loves you and protects you and provides for you. All that.
1: Right, and as we said last week, coming out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, yeah. and that light being in relationship with God, face to face with God, yeah. because of Christ.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, and the real issue that God has uh, overwhelmingly emphasized with, and will continue to do so as He creates the nation, is that what makes this new society that God is birthing, that starts from this deliverance, what makes this new society so remarkable is that it's a society that's built with God at it's, its center, right. with God living in their midst, and and no society has ever been like that before. So if you're just putting your trust and hope on getting you know milk and honey flowing lands. That's one thing. But what about the fact that God's in the center of it? And when we talk about heaven, it's the same thing. You know, it's not streets of gold. It's who's going to be there? God himself.
1: So that's what he had to teach them in the wilderness. Yeah. And, what is life like and, with God in the center? And we're going to go through those oh, lessons for my several goodness. weeks.
0: <laughs> <How> <laughs> I do, love Exodus. How do we live with him like this? And it's going to be a bumpy road. But the first step we, we've, we're we getting to today and we're going to complete next time is getting out of out, out from under the thumb of Pharaoh right. and those things that enslave us. And thank God, when we come to him, he doesn't deep free us from those things that enslave us.
1: It's all about the sacrifice. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we're coming back next time to continue the discussion. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we hope you join us again for More, More Than thing. Ink. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. That they would have the chutzpah. (laughs)